Good afternoon, people. <sighs> Just a little rant here on why the business needs to be disrupted. And uh, I'm going to give you a clear example on how this is being affected on all sides. No one is talking about the actual model of the business and how it is all backwards they are just blaming the studios and the streamers which there's definitely some fault there which i will go into later but there's also fault within the actual system of actors and artists paying out their salaries no one is talking about the reps, and you know me. Oh, I love to talk about the reps. So, you know, if you make $5,000 on a job, and that's the only job you get for a month, let's say, as an actor, uh, that sounds pretty good, but I would assume that's a basic, not a basic salary, but it's a, a little above a salary, maybe double, I would assume people would have to make at least 2500 a month to survive in the world. But I am I mean, in America, let's say, I'm ignorant. So, you know, 2500 I would say you would have to make to be able to sleep and eat and stuff. Um, people can probably survive on less, obviously, but let's just say that. To have like a studio apartment, uh, food, car. Probably have to make more. But I'm saying I can think people can with a roommate and stuff. But let's just say you make $5,000 as an actor. You can pretty much just say half of that's going away. So it would be like 2500 for a non-acting job if that was like another job you did. But the issue is there's still taxes. But your rep, manager takes 10, agent takes 10, lawyer, all this stuff, business manager. For me, when I started making money as an actor, I'm 23, 24 years old, and 5000 for a month was like, you know, my rent was 580 I had a bachelor apartment 580 when I did Scream. And I was living. I was like, this place is awesome. It was off of Highland. 580 in 1995. So 28 years ago, the place is still there. My landlord was uh, Daryl. Daryl always helped me move in my desks and shit. And uh, I would make, he would do heavy ones with me. But the more successful I got, the more he'd help me. Because he was like, oh, okay. And Daryl was the building manager. And then I remember one time we were lifting all this furniture and I got new shit from Ikea. And I'm like, I'll give you this fucking old desk if you help me move the new one. And we were lifting it in the middle of it. I never heard this term before. And he goes, he goes, oh, man. I said, what? He goes, you fucked my high all up. You fucked my high all up. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, because I was all chill. And you got me out here lifting motherfucking desk with you. And now my high is all fucked up. My high, my I ain't high no more. I was high. And now, motherfucker, you got my high all fucked up. I go, you got a desk? He goes, yeah, I'll take the desk. So I never I never heard that term. You got my high fucked up. You fucking up my high. So at 24 years old or 23 or 20, you know, around that, around 23, 25, it's easy for me to survive because I got Daryl. You know, if I was late on the rent, Daryl would be cool with it. I was living off a of highland. I could, you know, fucking, I had a skateboard. We didn't have scooters. I could scoot down, get a slice of pizza. It was like 95 cents or a dollar eight of Ruffalo's. I was able to make ramens, you know, five ramens for a buck. I was able to make this shit work. And it was me. I didn't have a wife or a kid or, you know, any of that. I was just thinking about how the building, I didn't know many people, but you would know people in the building because of the movies and you'd see them in commercials and stuff. So even though I didn't hang out, we were always working. It was a nice time. It was easy for me to survive. I was like, when I didn't work, I didn't know what to do with myself because I was just like, I got to do stand up or something because I don't have any real friends. I mean, I had some friends, but. 
when you're working all the time, all the goal is the goal. So you just don't really, you know, you lose a lot of social. There's no social. You don't have social friends because our life's insane. You know, one minute I'm here, the next minute I was going to Indiana to film a, you know, Rally Burger commercial. And I, I remember my first check. I picked it up from my dad. It was some commercial or something. And it was $5,300, like $12. And I saw it to my dad. And he looked at it. I went to my post office box. I didn't even have a mailbox. And he goes, ooh. He goes, I think you can buy me a pack of cigarettes with that. You can give me a pack of cigarettes, right? Uh, that's how my dad talked. He talked on Daryl. And I was like, yeah. So in 1994-ish, when you're 24 years old and I'm making, my last residual check I saw, I was about $4,000. But it was a multiple of things. It's still good. But it really, 28 years ago, I was still getting fat ones too. So it's not really changed. But, you know, obviously the economics have changed. By the way, this isn't me complaining. I'm not talking about that. I'm very fortunate. I'm trying to show people how for a young person like me, I had no overhead, no girlfriend, no nothing. I had bean and cheese burritos, ramen, slices, a skateboard. I have very shitty like I had an old, old, old Dodge Dart or some kind of car. I forget. I bought it for like 800 bucks and that shit was terrible. But it was enough to get me around to auditions. And that was it. And now I started making it. I didn't upgrade the shit. I kept the shit. Because I don't want to fucking pay bills. And I was like saving my money. So if the rates haven't changed that much for people, you have to understand what's going on. And I'm there's a lot of these actors that, you know, I tell them, don't get married, don't have kids. And so you're, you know, that's another thing, though. You shouldn't do that. You, sh- you can't sit there and raise a family on sometimes where it's a risk, right? Unless, you know, you want to take that risk. So there are people out there making that same money now, and they've got three other mouths to feed. So that's one of the things I want to talk about. But really, it's a very fortunate life. You're, 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 we're not striking for me. Okay, it would never strike for me or, or, or other people. You know me. I'm fortunate enough I've become an entity. Uh, we're striking for the faceless tens of thousands of people. You know, also, you know, for the, the other people, the, the makeup, you know, the wardrobe, the hair, set decks, you know, prop assistants, prop masters, all these with, with, with work within the economy of it. You know what I mean? So when the shit's flowing nice, the set's better, everyone's happy, get off early, all that stuff, you know. Chick-fil-A bus, In-N-Out bus, all these little perks that come to the set, you know, happy set, happy life. So it's, 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 but what we want to talk about is really how the whole system is kind of broken in terms of like, it's, it's basically just been like, Hey kid, come on over here. I'm going to make you a star. And then you get in and you really don't know the machinations of it. And then when you drill down, like someone like my brother who just fucking looks at fucking fine print and everything. And he's like, oh, this is a scumbag. This is a scumbag. This is scum. And then you realize that everyone's all dumb, right? And so here's an example of how artists get fucked because of the, what is the word I'm looking for? Everyone's in cahoots together. It's like, it's, 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 let, let's talk about like sexual predators as an example. There's a reason why sexual predators thrive so much in our business. Because they're tolerated by powerful people, right? So a lot of people won't speak out who may hear some shit because they don't want to fuck up their shit with these entities that still fuck with these predators, right? 
And that is the truth of this business and probably a lot of businesses. And that's why, because if they weren't being enabled by higher entities, everybody be all day. You're like, yo, this guy tried to finger bang my ass in the fucking craft service line. All right. So what am I trying to tell you? There's the same type of thing where there's financial predators and artistic predators. And that's kind of what the strike is about. So here's an example of, ooh, I'm going to go in on my agents, but hey, man. That's the way it is. It's got to be called out. And if I fucking lose an agent, so fucking what? So fucking what? All right, so I got a sheet here from the offers that some of my agents got me. So my agent got me an offer to do this club. How can I say this? And it wasn't a, a great offer. Okay, he just takes the first fucking offer that comes in. He wants to get me on the books so I work. Okay, I love my agent, but this is the real talk. They won't admit it. And unfortunately... I have to fucking talk about it. And then maybe they'll text me and go, hey, we should really talk. But they won't. And what's I tell you? So they take a very low offer. First of all, they accept it. Why? Because they don't, because they want to get something on the books. They want to build up the numbers. So at the end of the year, they get a bonus. So they don't craft your career. They don't think of routing. They just think of what's a number at the end of the year that I'll look like I've done a lot for this agency and I'll get a bonus so I can feed my family. That's already not actor friendly, comedian friendly. Okay, that's Walmart. Number two, um, if they go back on the offer and go wiggle back and forth, they'll scare that the booker will think they're difficult and they'll take the offer to someone else. Number three, if they do that, they think, well, should I really negotiate for this guy? Because if not, I want this club to book four other acts that I have. So I will just take it. So there's a, there's a comedian, I'm not going to name his name, but he would laugh at this and he should know this, that we have the same agent that I know that every time I don't take the gig, he takes it. And it's like kind of, he shouldn't take it either, but he's got mouths to feed. And my agent's like, well, so-and-so did it. I'm like, yeah, so-and-so ain't me, man. Good luck. I'm glad so-and-so did it. I don't need to fucking go up there. So let's just say that, right? So that's already like you're starting from behind the eight ball and listen. I've been doing this for 30 years, okay? So I've earned the right to talk about this stuff and I've made my name. So I don't have to work in a lot of ways. I do it because I love it and I get better and because it's my way of expression. My agent gets the gig and it's full of like these offers, right? And I and, and it was post-COVID, so I take them all, you know, and it's also really good places to play. But I'm like, hey... I'll take the low money because I'm going to earn. I'm going to earn out. So I want the higher cut. So he gets me the cut he thinks he can get me, right, of the door. Now, remember, a club is making money from food if you buy. And you ha it's a two-drink minimum. They just force you to buy two drinks. Low-key extortion, right? But you can't sit in there. And then there's ticket prices, and then they take the door, and you got to get a cut of the door. So you have to fight for the door. So I take a lower guarantee to get a higher cut of the door. So they're making money three ways. Door, food, bev. I get a cut of the door. But you could argue, like, people like Bert would make alcohol sales go through the roof, so he should get a big cut of bev too, right? So the offers come in. I told you all the stuff that the agent does. And then there's expenses, that clubs in different places do. So after X amount of expenses, then you start getting your cut. So uh, hotel room for you uh, is in there. So you're ba basically earning your own hotel for your opener 
uh, the marketing that they do when sometimes it's $3,000 and I'm like, I spent 150 on a Facebook ad and 120 on the fucking text app. So it's 270. So there's a lot of charcuterie in there. Okay, that's my word of saying fuckery. Charcuterie, right? So it's already fucking shady, right? But I say this and I say, I'll take it because I'm going to prove, prove, prove because I'm a hard worker. I'm funny and people know me and I'm and I do all the dumb press and all this stuff. So this is just one of the angles where the business is broken. I come back and I look at this and I got sheets of, of, of stuff that I owe my agent and I pay them. But all all of the monies that I've made are some of them are a little over my guarantee. Some of them are double. Some of them are triple. My guarantee. So let's say my guarantee was six thousand, and let's say I got eighteen thousand. Well, the eighteen thousand came out because of what? I sold that much more in tickets. Okay. Now, how did I do it? People are going to take credit for it, but I went and promoted for the club. Uh, they're going to say they took out ads. I did the right Facebook marketing, and, t and, and I pay for a web girl. I went and did my app. I pay for the web to text. Uh, I'm posted multiple times. The agent never paid. The agent never posted. The agent never did this. So in a normal world, you would think that the agent would only get a cut of what they brought you. So instead of a $6,000, you give them a cut of that. And by the way, these are all clubs I have relationships anyway, but I just let the agent do it because I'm like, you know what? You can run this stuff. What do they do? They take a cut of the final number, which they didn't help pay for. They didn't help market. They didn't help get up, and they were scared to ask for a higher number. Do you understand that? They did not take a cut of their original. They took, so they make triple, and two-thirds of that triple is my hard work and my outlay. Not after my expenses. No, they don't ask my expenses. They ask the club their expenses, but they don't ask my expenses. Now, this shit's been going on for decades. Do I say anything? No. Fucking nickels and dimes. You know, big picture, right? But after fucking 30 years, you're like, yo, the big picture. Like, yo, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And you're watching the constriction of Hollywood happening. And you're like, more and more transparency. It's like, you wonder why you fucking have strikes. This is a baby example of what's going on. A baby. Okay. Now, let's... let's Let's compound that, okay, with what I'm saying is that if you here's 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 a great example of how bad fucking different the mindsets are. Okay. You have the leeches sucking on your feet, sucking the blood from your feet, and then you have the sucked. You have the bag, you have the nubile young ingenue. And then you have the vampires, the vampiric system. So that's a baby example of what goes on, right? And as you get bigger, you can decide I'm going to fight it or not or whatever. These are not huge gigs and they're just amazing gigs because I love creative and I love the clubs. I'm not taking shots. So don't cry if you're a club owner. I'm crying. I'm, I'm going at the system. Here's another example. A fucking club brought me a fucking offer for 25%. And if I sold out, I would get a bonus of what the door would have been. And it's in fucking the middle of a cornfield. I'm like, who the fuck do you think you're? Now, if I said that to them, they'd be offended because they're delusional. I 
be like, dude, do you even know no one goes to your fucking spot? Like, to get me would be a fucking good thing. Like, yo, dude, I'll sell that shit out in ad shows. But, like, yo, you're delusional on your offers. It's real simple. People try to fudge numbers. But that's not even the system. That's that, that's part of it. Okay? So let's say, here here's an example of how different it is between the, the leech, the bloodsuckers, and the person, the vampires, and the person supplying the blood. Because that's what it is. Especially for young, new, beautiful, the, 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 the town loves an ingenue. You know, like Jenna Ortega, God bless your soul. You know, she's going to navigate this amazing. But it's exactly, that's what the town loves more than anything right now. Exactly what she is. She is perfect to be one of our biggest ever. But everyone's going to get their, their mitts in. So here's an example. How can I say this? So I once had a business manager and I liked the guy a lot. Personally, charming guy. And once I signed with him, business managers typically take 5%, meaning the money that you make on deals, they take 5% to manage it. Now you could, I, I always paid my business managers a fee. Um, I did try the 5% for a little while just because I didn't want to deal with anything. And so I was like, well, this guy's charging this. He must be good, right? And so if you have a manager at 10 and an agent at 10, a lawyer at five and a five for a business manager, that's 30%. So if you make $1,000, 300 out the door, taxed on top of that. So you usually make 48% of your check. That's how it's pretty much, 47%. So you'd make 470 after everything, including write-offs and stuff. It's still not terrible because you're making a lot of money. But going back to what you would make, like, say, $5,000 for a month, you only get one job. Now, you don't work as hard as someone who works 40 hours a week to make that 5000 You might do it all in a day, but you don't know where your next 5000 is coming from. The 40-hour person has at least, you know, some job security, but not really. None of us do. And I'm not, you know, I'm trying to show you some insight here. Um, so what am I trying to tell you? This business manager, at some point when he got comfortable with the relationship, let's say six months in, said, oh, uh, you know, all the money goes there. Okay. And he goes, we're going to take 5% of everything. And I said, what, what are you talking about? And they said, well, what we'll do is we're going to take 5% of all the money that comes in. I said, the scream residuals, scream two, Bowfinger, fucking three Kings. I'm like, you weren't there for that. And he's like, yeah, I know, but we have to process the money. I'm like, process the money, meaning what? Take a check? Fucking put it in my bank account for me and then telling me at the end of the month, here's your statement. Wait. So I'm like, uh, no, that's not going to happen, homie. That ain't fucking happening. Um, and then I had a management company for a second that wanted to do that too. All existing monies so that you would sign your monies to them. And that's a, I ain't going to tell you who that was. What I'm trying to tell you is, thank God I had my other manager when that happened. I said, you got to call him. That ain't fucking happening. No fucking way. And um, she did and handled it, and it didn't happen. So I gave him 5% off existing deals, not what I fucking made prior to them. But you understand how people just think they have a right to your money? That's worse than fucking going to a coffee shop, and you get a coffee for $4, which is already overpriced, but I understand people have to live. And then they turn it around and says, it's going to ask you a question? No! No, what you're just say this uh, uh, a tip just say that a tip for doing my job, which depends on my mood. 
I always tip because I fucking get guilted into it. But do you deserve 18% for fucking going? It's going to ask you a question. I at least have more respect for you guys because you're not as rich. But these, the business manager was. And quite frankly, I believe that business manager fucking got fired because of fucking doodling in the doodle pot. I think there was fucking sticking from here to pay over there to steal air to whatnot. Let me tell you two things. Never trust a business manager or accountant who has a house bigger than you when you're more famous. And I already said this in my other podcast. Do you know what's terrible for fucking struggling artists? Rich agents. I don't know if I told you this, but CAA is about to get an inflection of cash where they're going to be bought out for $7 billion. They're really going to get on the phones to get people those guest spots. Do you know what's bad for a struggling actor? Rich agents. We all have to be struggling together. So that is an example of how many people and publicists will keep you on a retainer for 3500 a month, may not get you anything for a couple months. Some people pay it. Some people don't look at it. I always looked at it and said, but I will say you can stop when you want. But I mean, come on, man. There's a lot of like free money flowing around and that shit's drying up. But I will say something very interesting and I'm going to react to this picture here because I'm going to say something in defense of CEOs. Um, and a lot of people aren't going to like this. So you, so just so you understand, you get how you get how the whole business is kind of broken, right? Like, like there's, it's just supposed to be fair, like get paid for what you do. So just think about that. This person wanted to be paid. If I was with them for their business manager on movies, they were never involved with. They weren't even in my life. So let me show you how far apart this is. These this business manager wanted to get paid for a movie. I did maybe eight years before I met him. Because he processed the money, which is a dumb fucking fake ass term. But yet the AMTPS or whatever the fuck it is, the AMTPMP, whatever, want to scan background actors, use their likeness and pay them one time. So think about this. Your face, if you're a pretty background actor, pop up in scenes and content, TV shows to the end of time for a day rate and a fucking poppy seed bagel. On the other hand, you've got people that had nothing to do with something that you were in that want a cut of it to the end of time because they processed the check. Let's do that again. Let's take the soul of not even the rich actor, but a background actor who's struggling to get in this business, use their likeness one for a poppy seed bagel till the end of time, and I'm a business manager, and I want a cut of everything that you did before you met me because I'm processing the check for the end of time, meaning hopefully you will stay with me and my firm, and then when you die, your lineage will also stay. Think about how vampiric that is. Think about how immoral that is. How ugly. Like, I get it trying to get a piece of me. That makes sense. But the poor, I'm a fucking grape vine. You're trying to kill a grape, a seedling. I get it. You want, There's a lot of juice on my vine. But it's still not right what you're trying to do. But these poor young people, or some of them older people, there's a lot of old extras who literally make their life as this. They're lifers. Listen, I'm just trying to tell you, a one-time fee forever, a forever fee for not even having any time. Think about that. That's the disgusting pig-facedness of this business. And that's why people are hitting the streets. DJA out here looking like Adam-22 right now, if you know what I'm saying.
So let me give you an example, though, of where I may have to say something about CEOs that is actually, you're not going to like this. Okay, so there's a picture. There's a picture. I'll send it to you. But so, so look, so it's it talks about the CEO pay. Okay. And this is where I'm actually going to um, get, shed some light on this, what this is. So David Zaslav. I don't know enough about him at all. He's obviously enemy number one. Everyone's going for him. And it looks like he's made $498 million. Let's just say $500 million. I don't know, in the last two years. It's an incredible amount of money, obviously. But I do believe that was based on performance. And I've said this before. Like, he got the job. He killed it at Discovery. He made Discovery very profitable. Warner Brothers came in. He took it over and said, I'll do the same for you. And he's going to probably slash and crash and do away with a lot of legacy projects and turn every fucking Warner Brothers into fucking Property Brothers. Like I said, it's going to be fucking cooking shows and cake bosses, which there's a place for that. But does that can we still have Wolf of Wall Street? Like, that's the thing, right? So that guy I really can't comment on. I mean, he made the most, but I don't know enough about him. Ari Emanuel made $350 million, but again... This is something you cannot be mad at because this is a guy who's one of the smartest, you know, top three smartest people in our business, right? He's like Mike Ovitz and him. Like, you know, Mike Ovitz, look him up, the legend of legends. And Ari is an entrepreneur who started with nothing. And he bought the UFC, you, uh, what else he buy? UFC, WWE. Like he's, him and Patrick, they make tons of money, but these were owners and entrepreneurs. So I can't argue with that. Reed Hastings also started Netflix. Ted Sarandos, his partner, blew up Netflix. I got to hang with Ted a while. He's an amazing guy, smart guy. These are guys that they took the shot, and this is the windfall which which they pay. So so the you know and Bob Iger, a lot of people are mad at him right now. He making two hundred million, but he started at ABC literally. I think is a coffee getter. Like, I mean, 45 years in the game, 50 years in the game. This guy is literally the the epitome of the American dream. I think he went to Ithaca College, not like NYU. He wasn't born into the game. So, yes, I understand they're in an amazing position now, and they should. we should all come to the table and talk. This is probably not going to be popular. I have to figure out how to put it out. But what I'm trying to tell you is there are a lot of people in here that are entrepreneurs who started from nothing, and they risked everything, and now they're where they are. Is there a disparity? Of course. You know, can they cry poor? No. No, they personally cannot cry poor, unless they made bad investments. But should they share the wealth? Yeah, but they also want to sh- They want to keep what they... These guys have had these stock IPOs when they've taken these risks, and now at this stage in their life, they're reaping the benefits. So I don't think it's totally fair. I think you have to look at their salaries and you have to understand it a lot. You know, are you mad at Mark Zuckerberg for making, you know, 50 billion when the stock went public? No, he could say his salary is a dollar. You know, I can be mad at him. I made $2,000 on Facebook last month, which is not bad. And I had to have like 10 million views with all my videos. You know, that's not fair, right? Or they can counsel me at any time, right? But like, I don't know. There's more to this of like drilling down and looking at it. But yes, these guys, the stockholders appoint them. All I'm saying is most of these guys started their companies with nothing. Any Endeavor was started with nothing. Comcast was started with nothing. Netflix was started with nothing. 
I mean, so I, I love entrepreneurs and I think that they deserve to get paid. Um, but can they, sh you know, Rupert, he bought Fox, but still, I don't know. He's like 90, still making 80, 180 million a year. Wow. But I mean, he already has it. So anyway, I don't know if that made sense. What I'm trying to say is people take risks in life and they are going to get paid. I think everyone should be paid. I'll say this. I think everyone should get residuals in this business, but that means you have to take a risk. So you get less upfront money for a bigger thing on the back end. I would do that all day. I will do that every day because I believe in myself. A lot of people won't. So that's something we have to think about. And a lot of people will just take it off of you without even doing anything. Wild times out there. A lot more things happening in the world than just Hollywood. Like, subscribe. Love you. Peace.